Welcome to the Fantasy Hangover, a weekly fantasy football podcast. You can download us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Also, head over to KnockedOutEntertainment.com for some other great podcasts and content. We're your hosts. I'm Shane. I'm Carl. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Now pop some Advil and grab your Gatorades. It's time for your Fantasy Hangover. Hey, all you cool cats out there in podcast land. We're back for another edition of The Fantasy Hangover. Oh, yeah. We're bringing you the smooth vibes from Fantasy Town. You've got Zach on the ones and twos over there. Zach, say hello. Hello. You got Carl. Uh, His mouth is taped and he's in the corner. Carl mumbles something in the mic. Thanks, Carl. He hasn't stopped talking about that Mariota self touchdown since Saturday, so we had to put him in the corner. That's that's where no they say nobody puts baby in the corner, but we all put Carl in the corner. And we've got Chris. Nope, nope, sorry, we don't. We don't have Chris. Uh so, uh with that, let's get to the quick outs. Uh and we're gonna start with the uh results from the playoff games. Yeah. Uh, so Tennessee, in a massive shocker, wound up upsetting Kansas City. Yeah, the the refs of that game upset Kansas City. Yes. Also, the head of Travis Kelsey was pretty upset too. That's that's true. Jeez. Oh man, I I haven't seen a concussion that bad in a while. It, it's he he had the wobbly knees. Yep. They, they well, tried to stand, stand him up. His own. Yeah, they tried to stand him up, which I was first off I was like, oh, leave him down. Yeah. Leave him down. And then he he was like wobbly knees and like into his own player, like trying to keep staying on the, on his feet. I was like, this is bad. Yep. But you also had uh, two different times in the game where the head uh, the head ref decided that forward progress was stopped on a sack, um, which it wasn't. It no. was straight up the the defender drove into Mariota. They were going to drop the ball. One of the Chiefs defenders picked up the ball and ran it into the end zone both times. One for a touchdown, one for uh, two-point conversions to get two points the other way. Um, both of those would have changed the outcome of the game. If you call what happened a stop of forward momentum, then no fumble that ever goes backwards should be able to be recovered at that spot because from where they fumbled, that's where the forward momentum stopped. If that, yeah, if that rule was the way that they were saying it, there's no such thing as fumbles anymore. Correct. So it was ridiculous. It was bad. It was terrible officiating. Um, luckily, that ref's gone. He literally he he retired. Yeah, that was retired. his last game. Um, but I mean that was a rough break for the for the Chiefs. I mean they they did everything they could. Um. Yeah, the defense did everything they could to win that game, I'll say. Well, the offense stagnated at some point because yeah. you know who they only ran 11 times again? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. The you know what happens when they run Kareem Hunt 11 or less times in a game? They lose. They've lost every single one this season, and they've done it more times than you would think. Yeah, it, it's it's baffling that Andy Reid continues to do this to Kareem Hunt because it's funny, a few weeks ago when Kareem Hunt started getting his touches again, Andy Reid had said, I'm not going to call plays anymore. I'm going to let my offensive coordinator call plays, yep. who will have a little bit on him in a minute. But then all of a sudden, during the game, Andy Reid must have decided that he needed to take over the play calling again because Kareem Hunt didn't get the ball. Uh, I think that, uh, well, one interesting fact about that, uh, and this will segue us into the next 
uh, the next thing that we'll say, which is mm-hmm. not the next game. Um, the, it was said around the league after that game that there was no way Nagy would get a uh, uh, head coaching job after that. After the way that he called plays in the second half of that game, they said that he had buried himself and no one could give him a chance. With that said, the Bears have signed Nagy as <laughs> to be their new head coach. I think that speaks good news for Jordan Howard. I don't think that speaks well for Tariq Cohen. Yep, I agree um, with both those. And I think that it could be good for uh, Trubisky because of the fact that we saw Alex Smith have his best season as a pro this year. Now, I, I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with Alex Smith's talent. I'm not yeah. saying that Trubisky is on the same level as Smith. But when you have a guy who has the confidence to say, I turned this game manager quarterback into a game-changing quarterback, that should provide some confidence and that he can do his job and get Trubisky where he needs to be. If they go out and sign one wide receiver. Just one. They just only one. need to just sign one. Because they've got some good supplemental wide receivers, but they had uh like they've got a couple good number three guys. I mean they've got Inman who plays well in in spurts. They've got um a bunch of injured younger guys like White who can never stay healthy, and then they, didn't they have a wide receiver they drafted this past year that got hurt again? As well, no, they had a they oh, had a, Meredith, I'm Meredith, Meredith, Cameron Meredith, yep. yep, Meredith who got hurt, um, and then everybody else got hurt along with him, and then Zach Miller, his, yeah, his um, career's but gone. if they if they go out and grab a true number one wide receiver, um, and then they've got Meredith as the number two, and and White is the number th- probably Inman, Inman is the number three. Um, White, I think, will get a chance to compete for the number two wide receiver, maybe even number healthy, one, though. but he can't stay healthy. You're right, he's. He was a one-year guy in West Virginia. I was never big on Kevin White to begin with yeah. because he was a one-year guy in West Virginia. He he didn't run crisp routes. He pretty much ran two routes, and that was a go or a slant. He didn't do much. He also did a lot in the screen game. He was a decent run blocker. That I will give Kevin White for. Is when I watched him play in college, I thought he was a really good run blocker because he, he was attacking the defender. But it's they need to move on. I, I agree, um, but with that, I, I mean they just they need to grab one a single weapon for that that yep. that offense for a game changing weapon. Yeah, if that means you draft four receivers in the draft, that means you draft four receivers yeah. in the draft. You just have to find someone to put to plug in there and give and yep. give Trubisky somebody. But uh, with that said, uh, so Nagy got the head coaching job. Let's move on to the next game that happened that day, which would have been Atlanta and the Rams, which it was a. I'm not going to I'm going to call it a 50-50 because it wasn't surprising, but it wasn't not surprising in the same aspect. It was surprising that the Rams, who were the highest scoring offense in the NFL, were held to 16 points. Um, Was it 13 or 16? I know this. I feel uh, like it was 16. I think it was 16. It wasn't 13. But the highest scoring offense in the NFL this in 2017 was held to 16 points. That you can't do that. Todd Gurley got 14 carries, I think, for 106 yards, and the other team's running backs had a combined, I think it was 37 carries for about five yards more. Yeah, it wasn't a big difference. It's just Atlanta controlled the clock too. Yeah, Atlanta had, at one point I, had 12 minutes of possession more time than LA. Well, that was the thing, and that's what they were talking about during the game. Was yes they weren't getting a lot of yards on the ground, but they were getting yards that mattered because they were getting first downs yeah. uh, when they were making those runs. And that's kind of what you need in a game that, especially a style of game like that. 
Um, with that said, Atlanta, at no point in time did I think Atlanta was going to lose that game. Uh, yeah. Beyond, it, the, I should say, uh, mid-second quarter on, at no point in time did I think Atlanta was going to lose that game. Yeah, the Rams just felt felt flat when yep. they were playing. You just you didn't feel like they had an energy to their team. They just they didn't. I think it's been so long since they found since they had been to the playoffs that they forgot what they were. Well, I think that was their youth showing, and I was I was going to say that as well that their the youth and the age of the team is very relevant in this case as well. But uh, so Atlanta moves on. Uh, oh, uh, just so you know, uh, Tennessee winning uh, makes them the lowest seed heading forward. They're going to play New England. Yep. Um, Atlanta moving on makes them the lowest seed heading forward. Uh, they were the sixth seed, so no matter what, they're going to be the lowest seed. They're playing the Eagles. Yep. Um, the next game that happened was a real barn burner. Uh, oh, man. We had Jacksonville versus Buffalo. I don't want to give too much away on this because I think I do have a couple of fun facts for this okay. later. So, But we can just talk briefly about the game. I'll just say that... Uh, it sucked. Yeah, it, it was it was terrible. Um, it was garbage. It was not good whatsoever. Um, McCoy, I think, could have taken over the game if he wasn't injured. He did. He was well, the I only mean, offense that he I had. Mean, let's say if he was 100%, this oh. game could have gone the other way. Yes, because it was only a 10-3 to 3 game. Yeah. So one touchdown would have... Tied it up. Would have tied and it up. that one touchdown even came on a fourth a fourth down uh, uh, pass into the end zone. Yeah. Because they went for it on... Koyak. Yeah. Fourth and four, and they went forward in the end zone. I was just, and that one, if they didn't get that, I mean, this game could have gone to overtime three three. I yeah. mean, it was it was bad. Um, and then there was a there was a weird interception at the end. Um, which, the Jalen Ramsey one, yeah. Which I I get what happened there, but essentially the officials didn't um, continue with the theme of the year because it, it, when a wide receiver makes a catch like that, it's not a catch. Um, but when, but now that a defender made a catch like that, it's a catch. So I there just needs to be more uh, consistency in the officiating. I'm fine if they're all not catches when it's made like that. Yeah. But when it's when it's so e- uh, either or the way that they did it, I I don't like it. See, and I I get what you're saying, and I do agree with that. The only thing that I saw that was different with the interception was the fact that he got his hand under the ball on the turn instead of above the ball or on the side of the ball mm-hmm. where the ball where most of the ball is physically hitting the ground like yes. the Jesse James one that ball was hitting the ground and that was the reason why it wasn't a catch he got his hand under the ball but still part of the ball was hitting the ground yeah it, there was I, still I, yeah. it was still wobbling a bit and i think I, mean, well, I think that's it, the difference in, yeah. in that is because they had initially called it an interception and I don't think there was enough evidence to overturn it. I think and I don't disagree with that either. Yeah. Um, although with that said, I think that yes, I, I, I'm fine with, I was fine with Jesse James overturn. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was the Homer in me or, or what, but to me, I just went according to the rule. That's not a catch. I think that it should be a catch. Yeah. I think the rule should be changed. So that something like that is a catch, but it's, it's, it's not, but I just, well, what we are right now is we're two guys who sit in a bar and debate about this on Sundays. That's, yes, that's we are being right now. Yep. Um, so with that said, uh, Jacksonville moves on. They're playing Pittsburgh. Um, the last time Jacksonville played Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger threw, was it one? Was it two? Was it three? It was it four? One. It wasn't two. It wasn't three. It wasn't four. Five time. Five time. Five time. Five time. Threw five interceptions against Jacksonville the last time they played and got absolutely routed. Yep. That was and Jacksonville's coming out party. Yes, it was. Antonio Brown still at 120 yards uh, receiving in that game. Um, and 
Le'Veon Bell was held back uh, a bit. I think he had 60-some yards uh, rushing in that game. It wasn't a good game. He didn't have a great game. Uh, I think he had three catches for, like, 30 yards as well. But um, the essentially what, what uh, Jacksonville did say was say, you're not going to get in the end zone. And you can throw it. You can you can give it to your your best players. We're gonna stop everybody else, and we're gonna stop you guys from scoring. Yeah. And I see Jacksonville doing the same thing on defense. Now the only question is, can the Jacksonville offense do anything against the Pittsburgh uh, defense? I don't believe it at this point, but I'm still I'm still thinking Jacksonville in that game. Yeah, I as much as I hate to agree with that, I do think that Jacksonville does have the leg up just because of the fact that. All they need to do on offense is not turn the ball over. Yeah. And their and their defense can win them games. Their defense oh, yeah. won them plenty of games this year. Their defense won a lot of games this including year. Including their playoff game. Their defense won their playoff game for yeah. them. They held the offense to only three points. A playoff team the Bills. to only three points. Yeah, I was just saying in general, like, they held a playoff team to three points. Oh, I points. thought you said the Dolphins. You said no. an offense. Never oh, mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I just misheard what you said. Gotcha. Um, and so... Then, well, I don't know if you heard this, but not uh, Jalen Ramsey, but the other corner for Jacksonville, Boye. AJ Bowie. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Ben Roethlisberger is coming out and kind of talking a little trash. Uh, mm. And AJ Bowie came out today and said to the you Jacksonville Bowie, media, Bowie. "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah. Uh, I don't see how um, Benny Boy has any room to talk trash against Jacksonville. Yeah. No. This is. Uh, it's no. And the biggest thing is, is that AJ Bowie and Jalen Ramsey probably have two of the biggest chips on their shoulder as far as defenders go. And there's nothing scarier than a defender, a great defender who plays with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Uh, Bowie being a guy that felt like he wasn't wanted by his teams Mm -hmm. Uh, and Ramsey being a guy that was injured. Was it that he had the big injury out of college at Florida State, right? Uh, he was injured in his final year, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember for sure, but he was still a top five pick. Yo, definitely at but, corner. But he had that injury that was that was a bit of a question mark for him. Um, and I, he plays like a bad man. Yes, he. I, I think he is possibly the best corner in the NFL right now. And He's I, up there. I don't know if I could it's, name three or four that are better. You might put Rhodes up there. I would but, put Rhodes up there right now. Hmm. It's it's hard it's hard to, to name a lot of players because I can I can with, name players that I that I know the names of that yeah. in the past have been as good but like this season a lot of the big name corners took a step down Here's or got injured would you agree to a one or one a and one b Ramsey and Rhodes probably yeah okay I mean the way Rhodes plays against big time receivers speaking of uh, Rhodes playing against big time receivers uh, the Saints beat the Panthers which means the Saints. Going to Minnesota. Going to Minnesota for a rematch uh, to try to avenge that week one loss where yeah. the Saints looked like they were going to be a bad team. Well, because they were rotating running backs every play. Peyton had no idea what he was doing because he had three different running backs that he all wanted to get on the field at the same time. <laughs> it was a it was an offense without a direction. Yes. Week now one. they have a direction. Now they definitely have a direction. And here's the scariest thing about this is everyone, you know, we talked about this last week or the other day when we went over the top 10 at top 12 at each position with Drew Brees. He had his lowest output of offense in years, but 
he's also their secret weapon because as we saw against the Panthers, if the running game is stopped, which it was by Carolina, they focus on stopping the running game. Yes. But you still have a Hall of Famer who's passed for over 70,000 yards in your backfield who can still sling the ball pretty well. Yeah. So with that said, you're going to put Rhodes on Michael Thomas. Absolutely. Try to stop that, and Rhodes can stop that. But then on the other side of the field, you've got Trey Waynes or... Well, uh, it'll be Trey I, Waynes probably covering Ted Ginn. And Terrence Newman. Yeah, Ginn I, and Newman covering... Or no, Newman and Waynes covering Ginn. Yeah, Ginn They'll and, be switching off. Ginn and uh, Coleman and... Sneed? Uh, Sneed Sneed's still plays. Kinda, he, kinda. He's in and out. Uh, Josh Hill, he'll be covered... Pretty well. Well, Hill's Hill's uh, tight end though, and you're gonna try to put a linebacker on there as much as you po- as much Probably. as you can because Hill's not that not, Hill's not fast enough to no. really warrant a like a Wayne's coverage. But with that, the the problem is there. You've got you've got really good secondary wide receivers for the Saints. So yes, Rhodes can go and shut down Michael Thomas, and Breeze still has a lot of great targets to go to. Yeah, including running backs out of the backfield, uh, which both yeah. of them can catch like madmen. So it, it's it's a bad matchup for Minnesota. I think this is going to be the best playoff game of the weekend. I think so. Uh, it's going to be between this. Well, this one might be a... a uh, I think this one could be offense, a high score. Yeah, this one could be an offensive high scoring. I think that the, the defensive matchup of Pittsburgh and Jacksonville could also be fun, yes. but in a different in a different way. Fun, but not necessarily fun to watch. Not like a not like a dirty game like like Buffalo and, and Jacksonville where both teams just struggled to do anything. Yeah. This one it's it's not so much teams struggling to do anything, it's gonna be a defense that's playing out of their minds. You could see Which a- you can tell when there's a difference between, you know, a like Atlanta, Atlanta and, and uh, St. Louis wasn't necessarily hard to watch with the style of play there. It was low scoring. It was kind of yes. boring. It was, Honestly, it was kind of boring. But but it was two good defenses going uh, stopping each other. Yes. Which to yes, me is, is correct. To me, can be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It's whose defense is going to stop the other's offense. Yeah, that that could be the thing too. Yeah. No, I definitely agree that I am. Ex- I'm. I will say, while I do think that the Vikings Saints could be the best game, I'm most excited for Jacksonville Pittsburgh. Well, also with Antonio Brown cleared to play. Yeah, this it, things just got more interesting. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, he's kind of coming out into his own. So well, he actually had he was the number two receiver in the uh, Jacksonville Pittsburgh game earlier this year. I think he had seventy some yards. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, because Ben Roethlisberger, yes, he threw five picks, but he had he had three hundred seventy yards in that game or something like that. He had a, a very high total of yards. Hmm. He threw that. He slung that ball around a lot. Um, there, so there was a lot of yards made, but then when it came to scoring, throwing picks, yeah, Texan chicks. Um, okay, Brett Favre. Uh, another player that was that that was out last week that might play is Demarco Murray. He's expected to be active, although Tennessee but, still wants Derrick Henry to take over the show because they want Derrick Henry to take over the show. Yes, I don't think. Do you think there's any way that Demarco Murray comes back to Tennessee next year? No. Okay, I don't think so either. Uh, let's see. I don't know if he's on a team next year. Coaching, uh, I think he's on a team next year. I just don't think he's he's in Tennessee. I don't think a lot of teams want 30-year-old running backs with the mileage on him that they had, he has. I think that if he is willing to take less money than what, he, what he's what he been making, that he will be on a team. Very possible. Because Jamal Charles has been has been on teams That's every year. True. That's um, true. I mean, AP's still on a team. So, uh, coaching, coaching news, uh... Terrell Austin from the Lions is going to be the Bengals 
defensive, uh, defensive coordinator. coordinator. He initially interviewed with the Lions for their head coaching position, which still has not been filled to this time that I'm aware of. It has not. Uh, there is heavy, heavy rumors, uh, and the out out of both Foxborough and and Detroit saying that Matt Patricia is the guy. They just have to wait for the playoffs, New England to, New England to be done. So they have to wait till after the Super Bowl. So they have to wait for New England to lose. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Uh, otherwise, they'd be waiting until next year. Next season. Preseason. Uh, so with that, I think that's about all that we have for quick outs. Very quiet news week. Yeah. Not a whole lot. We still spend a lot of time on it because, you know, it's it's the offseason. Oh, you guys are talking about playoffs. Yeah. It, and, it, and it's the offseason. We can spend playoffs? a little more time on this. At least we weren't talking about practice. Practice? practice. What are you talking about practice? It's practice. All right, time, guys. It is time to practice. Wait, what? No, I did that wrong. Oh, I got to get another beer. Oh, never mind. We'll do it next time. We're doing it live. So we are going to be... Dynasty Nerds comes out with a Dynasty list every month. Yep. So what we've decided to do, since it's it is the off season, the only thing that people might be thinking about right now is dynasty when it comes to fantasy. There's there's nobody yeah. that's that's thinking about a redraft uh, right now. So if you're thinking about redrafts right now, you really need to question the league you're in. Yep. <laughs> so when talking about dynasty, uh, we are going to go over a uh, the dynasty nerds list of top players. Yep. Their gonna, consensus. Their yep. consensus list. Uh, there's four of them, four four dynasty nerds. Yep. So we we've got the consensus top, however many we get through. There, yeah. Well, I, what do you want to do? Like twenty five, thirty? Sure. We'll see. Okay. We'll see where we're at by yep. the end. Um, we're gonna tell you who's too high, who's too low, and not high like Le'Veon Bell. High as in they're too high on the list. That's true. You look like you're gonna say something else. No, I just wanted there to be an awkward silence inside oh. of this podcast, just so that people can see that I hated that joke. Okay. <laughs> so, ouch. With that said, uh, we are going to get to the consensus number one overall ADP, sort of uh, uh, the person that they like the most, the player on the teams, the football. That they this think for a while is the best footballer. It sounds like I'm trying to to like buy time, but we've got we've had this up this entire time. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I I can't argue with that. It, last year, I def or even two years ago, I definitely would have argued with that. Last year, it would have been impossible to see him at number one after having like a 900 yard season. But this year, with what he did and with the Texans bringing in Deshaun Watson. I have no arguments. Well, what's funny about about DeAndre Hopkins is that th- there's this year, there's last year, and there's the the three seasons ago DeAndre Hopkins. Three seasons yep. ago, it was a who's not who of quarterbacks throwing to him, and he yeah. was catching everything. Uh, well, I mean, he was pepper with well, targets; hey, he wasn't catching those, everything. But one of those guys is now a playoff starter. That is true. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, thanks, Case. Um, so there was there was a whole bunch of different players throwing him the ball, and he was finding ways to catch it all. Yep. And then Brock Osweiler shows up, and he can't catch a single ball for Brock Osweiler. 
I mean, he he's had, getting like a he's getting like 10, 13 targets a game and catching like four balls. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, when you look at the numbers, it looks like Hopkins. Something happened to Hopkins that he's not doing well. Nope. When you watch the tape, you see the balls that are thrown at him, and I mean, they're at his feet. They're they're a foot over his head. They're they're uncatchable balls, but yeah. they're at him, so they're considered a target. Yep. So still peppered with targets, quote unquote, but not quite getting the yards, not quite getting the catches. This year. Another uh, first off, he started off with Deshaun Watson, and he played decently with Watson a lot of the a lot of the weeks. There were some weeks that he did better than others. Uh, it wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily always Watson's number one guy because Watson spread the ball out pretty well. I think I mean, Fuller was Watson's number one. Fuller guy. had seven touchdowns by on weeks thirteen catches. Yeah, he had seven touchdowns on thirteen catches before Watson went out, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> and and Hopkins was was playing well. Uh, I mean, he was still getting the garbage time touchdowns. He was still getting the regular t- uh, regular time yards. He was he was doing good. And then Watson goes down, and the other quarterbacks can't throw the ball to anybody but Hopkins, and, yeah. he, and he catches everything. Yep. Again, uh, mostly in garbage time, and mostly multiple touchdowns a game in garbage time. But I mean, he was he went mad. He went mad again. And to me, it just shows that it doesn't matter who's back there. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. Hopkins will be a top five wide receiver. Yeah, no, I I can't disagree with that at all. So you ready to go on to number two here? Mm-hmm. All right, so number two right now on the Dynasty Nerds ADP is listed as Odell Beckham Jr. I I I can't argue with it because I can't right now I can't put him at number one with the quarterback no. in flux in so much flux. Who knows what Bill injured. Belichick's going to be able to do with him next year when he coaches the head New York Giants? Oh, is Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded to the Pats? Um. That was just for Shane. Uh, but no, Odell Beckham, I mean, he's a ridiculously talented receiver. One of the most physically gifted receivers the NFL, I think, has ever seen. I don't disagree. I would have him lower on my list, still a top five. Yep, I agree. I would probably have him closer. I would probably have him at five. I would have him actually at four. I think I would have him at four. Uh, based on the top five guys here, I would have him at four. I would have him at five, and one of the top five guys here would be number six. Okay. Uh, uh, so, do you have anything but, really... I don't think we really need to touch well, too much on Odell. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me, the big question marks is... Uh, question mark at quarterback, question mark yep. on health. Yep, question mark on the rest of the team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that team is in disarray. So, I mean, if I've got a top five pick, I'm still happy getting Odell. Oh, junior, absolutely. So. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna look at him and go, oh, man, I can't draft you because... Your quarterback sucks. I'm going to go, oh, you are super talented. Let's get you on my team. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go with number three? Number three, we've got A.B. Antonio Brown. This is the guy that would be number six on mine. I agree. And it's because of the, not only the age, but also, and oh, I should specify too, this should have been obvious, but we're looking, I think we're looking at this from a dynasty startup perspective. Are we? Okay. Yeah. So a dynasty startup. While Antonio Brown is ridiculously talented, if Ben Roethlisberger was 33, I have no problem even having him at number one for the next four years. Yeah. But Roethlisberger is 36, 37. Already talked about retiring last year. Might retire after this season. Yeah, might retire after this year. And we can speculate all we want about who the quarterback for the Steelers is going to be next year. Which you think it's Kirk Cousins, and that's fine. And I think you're wrong. Um, less wrong than you used to be, but uh, no, it's it, there's too much, too many question marks around AB right now to have him at number three. I would take the next at least three guys over him. I would take exactly the next three guys over him. So the next three guys we have Mike Evans, 
at number four. We have Michael Thomas at number five. And then we have Todd Gurley at number six. The first running back off the board is Todd Gurley, which after the year he had, not really surprising. Yes, and I don't disagree to have him at this spot. I'm still scared to take him because... Oh, I agree. Yeah, he played like a madman this season. He was he won leagues for person after person this year, especially playing the way that he did at the end. Um, with three 40-point games in like the last four games of the year or something like that. Yeah. It was insane. But no, I'm oh, just... Play, including playoff weeks. Weeks 15 and 16 yeah, were both over ex- 40 points. Exactly. That's what I was talking about. Just one, one championships for people. Oh, yeah. My biggest question mark with Todd Gurley is last year and the year before that, uh, he, the, he, the 27 straight games he yeah, didn't he have 100 a, yards rushing. He had quite the uh, the route, uh, the not being able to do anything for a yeah. while there. So I'm a little worried, but with the way he's played, it's it's hard not to have him up here. And like I said, I still have, I have him over Antonio Brown. Has a lot to do with his age and the, and the spot that he has in an offense that is young and is going to move forward. Uh, that he's going to be the center point. Yeah. Do you have any problems with Mike Evans or Michael Thomas where they're at? No, I I would swap them. I would put Michael Thomas over Mike Evans, but that's that's, that's the only thing preference. I would do. Yeah, it's like Julio or AJ. You gotta just pick one. Yep. Yeah. So the biggest the biggest drop here out of out of everything we've talked about is is Antonio Brown. I would move out of the top five. Yep, I agree. So uh, do you number go seven. seven through 10? Yeah, let's go seven, eight, nine, ten. Seven. Uh, we've got Zeke. Eight. We got Le'Veon Bell. Nine, we got Julio down by the schoolyard. And ten, we got David Johnson. I like David Johnson the most out of those four. But I've also been a David Johnson homer since he came in the league. And I would take Le'Veon Bell out of those four because I've been a Le'Veon Bell homer since day one. I don't know where Le'Veon Bell plays next year. I agree with that. I'm not 100% sure where he plays next year either. Um, if Pittsburgh were smart and they were to lose Ben Roethlisberger, you need to lock up Le'Veon Bell for the next five years. Yes. Because if you don't, if you're going into your second year now, as much as I do, and I do like James Conner and I do think he's going to be a good running back. I don't know if I want to make him beat eight in the box <laughs> at <Yeah>. all times. <laughs> yeah. It, it also depends on who the quarterback is for Pittsburgh too. Yeah. Because if Roethlisberger comes back, you can you can have Connor out uh, back there as your guy. Yep. Or if you sign, if you let Bell walk to sign Cousins, you can have Connor back there as your guy because yeah. you know Cousins can make those throws. But if it's a rookie quarterback, let's say let's say hypothetically somehow it were to be Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Do you want to get rid of Le'Veon Bell with one of those two guys? No. Okay. You also, I'm in the same boat. You're also in a bad spot if you have either of those guys as your franchise quarterback <laughs> going forward, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, that's a conversation for a later date. Yes, it is. It, it, 100%. It literally will be. Um, um, yeah, Ezekiel so, Elliott, I don't love the... I, I, I don't love his quarterback, which means that I don't love the situation he has going forward. There's actually quite a few guys in this top 10 that we could see a big influx or a big flux of their positioning here in the next six months. Depending because, on who their who's their quarterback is, David Johnson. Well, even I'm not. I'm just talking about the top ten in general. Oh yeah. So you have Odell Beckham. No idea what's going on. Antonio Brown. No idea what's going on. Mike Evans. Who knows if Jameis is ever going to turn around and become the franchise quarterback people thought he would be. Yep. Michael Thomas is Drew Brees gone from New Orleans after this year? Honestly, if he is, I move down Michael Thomas a couple notches. That's true. Yeah. It, Ezekiel Elliott. 
or sorry, we skipped over Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, uh, he's who knows? Sol- uh, he's, like you said, the question mark on him is, is what he's done in the past. Yep. He's got a solid spot in, in his offense right now, though. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott, the offense is in question. Dak is in question. Um, they're going to start to be, be coming up on... Soon. Yep, Dez might be gone. They're going to be coming up on some big contracts uh, for their offensive linemen that they have to fulfill. Um, and their offensive line did not play well this year. No, they did not play as well as they have in the past. Uh, but then you got Le'Veon Bell, again, that's a whole unknown with his contract, or Ben Roethlisberger, will he be there, will he not? Then you got Julio Jones. He's, he's I mean, three he's touchdowns consistent, on the year. But he's consistent. Even he, with three touchdowns, he gets those yards. He Yes, he definitely gets the yards. The only thing you got to wonder, though, is does Matt Ryan get back to form next year where Julio becomes a focal point of the offense again? You know, what do they, how does the offense progress with Julio being, you know, 28, 29 years yeah. old, getting to be a veteran aging receiver? You know, how does his body hold up? Because he's on the forever injury report. I think that with Julio uh, in this discussion, I don't see any of the wide receivers below him moving above him, but I could see a running back or two. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and then finally with David Johnson, no Bruce Arians, no Carson Palmer, maybe no Larry Fitzgerald. You got a brand new head coach, whoever yep. that's going to be. Another place that Kirk Cousins <laughs> might show up. Yep, another place. Yeah, <laughs> that's... agreed. But his situation is very, very muddy right now. Yes. So while it's surprising to see him at number 10, I can't argue with that either. No, I, I completely, I get it. Yep. I completely get it. And he's coming off. The nice thing about David Johnson is injury that he's coming off. It's a wrist injury. So it's not something to be worried about um, going forward where, you know, it's not like a knee injury or something that's going to really hurt his stock as a player. Yeah. And he got hurt so early in the season. Yeah. So he's going to he be, he'll be ready. Time. Uh, so next up, uh, we've got the next five. We've got AJ Green, Alvin Kamara, Devonte Adams, Amari Cooper, I guess that's five, but I'm going to 15. Uh, and Keenan Allen. <laughs> that's fine. You're good. Um, no, Keenan Allen is 15. No, five. that's five. Okay, yeah. No, I I counted wrong. You you, count, you math right. Yep, I mathed it. I mathed it good. All right. So, AJ Green. I He's, I feel he's the most unsexy, sexy player that there's ever been. I agree. He He's super consistent, will constantly get you 1,000 yards, but I don't think he's ever been a top three receiver in fantasy. I could be wrong. But he's usually around he's usually eleven four, five, to twelve hundred yards, or between a thousand and twelve hundred yards, and around six to ten touchdowns. That's usually his his cream of the crop for the year. Yeah, which he's very consistent. I would I would be okay with him being my second wide receiver or being my second wide receiver in my dynasty startup, or even my number one wide receiver as long as I got one of those running backs earlier. Which in this particular case. In a 10-man league, it would have been David Johnson and A.J. Green. I'm okay with that turn. Yeah. Um, in a 12-man league, you're looking at... Uh, can you go up a little bit? Oh, yeah. So, 12-man league, you're looking at A.J. Green. And who else do we have? In so, a 12-man and Amari league? Cooper. So, I, I messed up with telling you to scroll up. But in a 12-man league, you're looking at A.J. Green and Amari Cooper as your baseline. Oh, yeah. Um, all, you know, with those four wide receivers saying there, I know a lot of people are really high on Adams, including uh, one of the Dynasty nerds here who's got him at five, but somebody else must agree with me. 
with lower down. Yeah, there's oh, a 29 there. 29. Yeah, that's about as where I'd, I'd have them. Um, okay, I'd have them above 29, but I don't think I'd have them at five. I out of the the four wide receivers I just that we just said AJ Green, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen the most. Keenan yeah. at, at the end of the year he showed that he's back from his injury that he can still step up and and play like a madman and I think that he continues that. Once again, he's a wide uh, wide receiver that has the same question mark at quarterback of is, is this the last hurrah for Philip Rivers? Now I think Philip Rivers comes back for at least one more season. Yeah. But He's getting to the end. Yeah, for sure. No, he, he's definitely getting to the end. I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning are talking about retirement, he's definitely getting to the end, yeah. too, because he came out in the same class. Yep, and, and he was, once again, just like Roethlisberger, him and Roethlisberger were both seniors. Yeah. And older older, older seniors coming out at yep. the time. And I mean, River, but I mean, you got to think, though, is Rivers has got to feed those, like, 13 kids, so oh, yeah. he'll he's probably got stay around for a couple kids. years. Yep. Um, but no, I, I, I do agree. I'm... St- Still, I God, I don't know why. I don't I'm know why either. Still gonna, I'm still gonna hype up Amari Cooper. I still think the talent's there. Yes, he had a very, very down third year where usually wide receivers are supposed to flourish and prosper. He did not. But then again, neither did that offense at all. Yeah. Do you think that John Gruden's offense is better for Cooper? I don't know because I can't. I, I can't remember a John Gruden coach team, and it, the NFL has changed so much in the last nine years that I don't know what he's going to be coming in with. Now, I do know that he has already set up his coordinators. I watched his press conference. Yeah, he brought today. in Greg Olson, but Greg Olson is not making uh calling plays. Gruden's well, calling plays. Greg Olson also got fired from the Raiders a couple of years ago, and then he yeah. went to Jacksonville and then he got fired from Jacksonville. He's not kept a job for a very long time no, recently. So, the, I I do have concerns with that, but he's part of the John Gruden coaching tree. John yep. Gruden worked with him in I think in Green Bay as an assistant years and years ago, or he was an assistant on Gruden's staff in Tampa. Um, but I think there's, I think we're in for a bounce back. I, I really do. I think Amari Cooper is going to get his stuff together. I don't think you could do any worse than what Amari Cooper did this year. So he's got to bounce back some at least. I mean, Yeah. Here's my question with these five. Do you feel like Kamara's ranked too high? A little bit. Okay. Because I would probably honestly have him more towards the 20 range. Just because of the fact that, again, with the unknowns and with him being a in a not a in a what's the word uh, running back by committee, he's oh, in a yes. running back by committee with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's contract will not be voided because he didn't make the all pro team. Kamara made the all pro team above Kamara him. Kamara made it over him. I just I I would struggle to put Kamara up that high. I would say that their uh, spoiler alert: the next five has two more rookie running backs. Yes. And I would say that on my list, another guy that I've been high on for a very, very long time, though, I would put the lowest rookie running back uh, here uh, as the highest ranked one. Like, I would I would almost swap them. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely agree with that. With that said, the next the the next five being uh, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver, Minnesota, uh, Mr. Lenny Fournette, Jacksonville running back. We got Rob Gronk, 69, <laughs> uh, New England tight end. Uh Kareem Hunt, that's the running back I'm talking about. I think I'd put him at 12 in comparison to 19 here. Yep. And T.Y. Uh, Thaddeus Young Hilton, uh, indie wide receiver. There's two problems I have with this list, and I know we talked a little bit off mic about one of them, but I think Stephon Diggs is too high. I think he's probably Ooh, about 10 really? spots too high. He's not the number one receiver in his offense. He's not the number one targeted receiver in his offense. He has and a bit also, of an injury bug. He has a bit of an injury bug. And he's also, 
for as much as everyone talks him up as being this great wide receiver, he produces like a second wide receiver. He does not produce like a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Would you have uh, wide receivers like Thaddeus Young Hilton and uh, let's oh uh, a similar uh, I would say similar twenty three uh, yeah Jarvis Landry I would take Jarvis Landry over Stephon Diggs right now okay okay um I I think I would too Landry has a baseline that I can trust Stephon Diggs does not I I think I would also take Landry over over Diggs right now I. I guess ten spots. No, that sounds about right. I can I can totally see him drop ten spots here. Yep. Um, like I said, I think Kareem Hunt should be twelve, and Kamara should be. I would say nineteen. That's what I was uh, saying. Closer to twenty for Kamara. Yep. Uh, I I'm fine with Lenny Fournette here. I know that you're not. I'm not, but I, I but you did kind of sway me a little bit when we talked about the offensive line issues. That did kind of sway me a little bit. I hadn't thought about that really, but at the same time. He's not. He, he's while he's running powerful. He's not breaking tackles. That's true. There, he's not making guys fall off of him like he did in college because these guys are bigger. These guys are stronger. These guys are better coached. I, I agree with that. He is. He's not the power back that he was. He's he's showing that there is a, there is a bit. Uh, and we talked about this preseason. There's a bit of an LSU system that yep. running backs from LSU get drafted because they play to that system. And Geis that, is going to get drafted high, and I think Geis looks looked a little better than Fournette did coming out, out of this one, but I agree. Geis isn't even Geis is probably the third best running back coming out, out of this at draft. Minimum, at minimum. And third. Fournette was considered the number one in last draft, and Fournette doesn't look as good as Geis. So, yeah. I mean, that kind of shows you that one, that this draft is running back heavy to the yin-yang. Oh, God, yeah. But, there were, um, well, we had four rookie running backs go over a thousand scrimmage yards. No, I'm talking about next year's oh, draft. Next year's, oh, next the, year's next is year's insane. draft is is uh, to the yin yang because Lenny actually, Fournette, the number one uh, the number one drafted running back from this draft, I think would have been fourth off the board next year. Whew. That's a that's a bold statement, but I, we we'll get into that when we talk about our rookie, yeah we when we talk about our rookie running backs coming out this year. Uh, just to quick recap, the five guys that we were just talking about in that block were Stephon Diggs at 16, Fournette at 17, Gronk at 18, Hunt at 19, and Hilton at 20. Two quick things. One, I want to get one on each, uh, Gronk and Hilton. One, Gronk's value at 18, yes, he is a game changer, but I would still not be comfortable <laughs> taking him at the end of the second round when it comes to a dynasty startup because I don't think he has the longevity with his injury history and his size that another tight end would. You know, am I saying that I would want uh, Evan Ingram over him? No, I'm not going to go that far. But it doesn't mean that Evan Ingram's not up there. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with that. I would say that I would still think that Gronk should be the number one tight end off the board. But I think yes. that third round is better spot for him than okay. the second. That's, that's, that's exactly kind of what I was thinking, too. Like, yep. I would take him in the, the start of the third or the middle of the third happily. But I just middle middle end of second is a little tough. End of second, I would think about it if I'm sitting at eleven or ten or eleven on a twelve team. If I uh, had and the f- o- the only reason yeah. why is that I I'm I'm certain that the guy at the turn is taking Gronk at one of those yes, two picks. I agree with that statement for sure. Uh, T. Y. Hilton, what are your thoughts on him? Quick. I think that I think he's great. 
I think that he should be a. I would say that he should be in that dig spot. There, I would I would put him closer to that sixteen. Yep. And the, a lot of the reasons why is that yeah he had a couple great games with Brissett too, but he can if he's got a if he's got Andrew Luck back there, which he will again yep. next year. He he'll will, be a thousand he, yards, yep. six to or five to seven touchdown receiver. Yep. And because he was all of his yards with with uh, Brissett were making people miss. Yep, it I was mean, it was either big plays where he went by the defender, or it was something where he just got open on a, a, a kind of a lucky play. Well, there's a couple shimmies. There was a couple yeah. where there's a defender right right on him after he catches the ball, and he just you know he shakes that little butt of his and then gets right by, past him. He is a tiny man. Um, one thing that I, I want to step back to Lenny Fournette is that uh he got he got over a thousand yards this year, barely, barely, but he also missed three games, three games. It might have been four. It was three. three. It was three games. He missed three games this year, got over 1,000 yards, and had nine touchdowns. And that's with the bad Jacksonville blocking line that that they have. Yep. I I just – I only see him going up if he can can get – because he he had one scratch there where it was just like it was attitude later in the season, didn't he? Yeah. Or no, that was the first game he missed. The first game he, he missed, missed was, the first the first game he missed was due to off field issues. Off field we'll issue. And then the second and he got hurt during practice, so then he missed the next two weeks, and then he finally came back, uh, you know, four weeks later. Yeah. Because oh yeah, because that was around the bye week too. Yep. Uh, and so if he can keep his attitude under control, I mean, I I, I solidly see him at that seventeen. For sure. Uh, so did you just say Cooks to? Nope. Okay. So go so go with twenty one right. to twenty five. So twenty one, we have Brandon Cooks. Corey. Twenty two is Corey Davis. Twenty three is Jarvis Landry. Twenty four is Devonta Freeman, and twenty five is Allen Robinson. And yes, let's tackle the Corey Davis one first. I love Corey Davis. I think he has the potential to be a number one receiver in the NFL uh, for a team. I do not like him at twenty two at this point. No, nope. end of way end of the third. High. Yeah, I would say third, mid- middle of third for me, personally. I would say middle third. The um, problem with Corey Davis right now is that he's sitting in a spot where, you know, he's he's like Laquan Treadwell right there. Right here, actually, at 30 to 31, that's exactly my cutoff for Corey Davis. Okay, I would put. I him, can dig that. Yep, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute here. But that's I'd where I would probably have him, him a little bit lower, just because there's some players that I just I like a little better than him. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him. I just think that there's some better upside. Okay. Um, But, man, it, it just... Corey Davis is still all hype. Yes. And and I mean there's there's been players all hype for years and years that never got anywhere with their hype. There's yeah, absolutely Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow. Uh <laughs> like I said Laquan Treadwell who was a first round pick that 2 years I mean, ago who has barely seen the field. Yeah. There there's I mean there's plenty of of example Sammy Watkins. There's plenty of examples yeah. and he's on this list which is just crazy that he's in the top did you hear Watkins may is not may but is open to re-signing with the Rams? I I can see why. I, I can't. Mean, he wasn't used. Uh, <laughs> he's on a winning team and he was focused upon, and he also sees a spot where he's got a uh yeah a quarterback that can possibly use him better now once they get a little you know second True. season together. Um, that's that's my opinion on that. Yeah, no, I understand that. Uh, going back to our our next our five here. Uh, I'm fine with Cooks in this area. I'm fine with Cooks in this area. Like I said, Landry, I think, is up a little bit higher. I'm fine with Allen Robinson in this area. I would move Landry and Freeman up, though. I'd move Freeman up, yes. I'd probably move Landry and Freeman up at least seven to eight spots apiece. Freeman has shown 100% because everybody's worry going into this season was still, 
Freeman or Coleman? And it's it's Freeman. It's Freeman. It's, it's Freeman. Freeman. They they might even trade Tevin Coleman in the offseason, which would be a happening. really smart move. Because yeah. Coleman's going into his contract year. Do they really need to have two running backs making five million a year on their roster? They don't, especially since their third running back, uh was it Ward? What's Teron Ward, yep. Yeah. Uh he's fine. Was, was solid when in yeah. when Freeman was out. Yep. I mean, and he's similar style to I, I mean he's probably he's a little smaller, so he's closer to Freeman than he is to Coleman. I think he's bigger built than Freeman. He's he is a little bit stockier than Freeman, but but he's closer skill set wise to Freeman than he is yes. to Coleman. Is yeah, I agree. Okay, yep, I agree. Um I mean it would be smart for them, I think, to go out and just grab another third round, fourth round running back and and replace Coleman and get him out of there. Uh, because, I mean, that's really what Coleman is. He's a third-round, fourth-round running back. Yeah, he might be a starter for a team, uh, depending on the team. I've never been high on Tevin Coleman, to be honest. I've never been crazy high on him, but I like him better than I you know, was, Joe Mixon. I thought he was fast, but that's about it. Yeah. He had he has no wiggle to his game. He has no elusiveness to his game. There is there's speed. a reason why during that uh his rookie his rookie year when when everybody was it was actually our first year of dynasty when I, I was high on Coleman and I grabbed him, uh, but I also made sure that I had Devontae Freeman oh, yeah. on my team. Because yep. I knew I was gonna be drafting Coleman uh in the rookie draft because okay. and we did our, our initial draft, so yep. I was like, I'm getting Freeman here so I can get Coleman later. Gotcha. And it worked out for me because Freeman's the best. Yeah, no, for sure. And Allen Robinson, somebody that I mean, he's another. I, I would say he is. He's a little bit of a hype monster. Yes, he has had the the years uh, in there as well, but it's just it, inconsistency with him at times that that scares me. And I know a lot of that probably has to do with Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbard and all the other quarterbacks that he's uh, Chad Henney. You know, the few quarterbacks yep. that he's seen in his time, because. Um, because uh, Bortles wasn't Bortles' second year was Robinson's or Bortles. no Robinson's second year was Bortles' first right so he had he had a year of Henny and and Gabbert switching off right I don't think so because Robinson right? this would have been Robinson's fourth year and they were I think oh, they were and paired then, together okay they were paired together then they yeah. were paired together yeah um, but which, I mean still inconsistency at that quarterback position has has just made it made it rough on Robinson a bit and, yeah. Even with that inconsistency of Bortles, he has been able to produce. Uh, but he's had that injury this year, and it was—it's not an easy one. I mean, he had no, the, but luckily it happened in week one. Yeah, so we get—he'll get the full—he'll uh, get most of OTAs in the full off season. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't have a lot to say other than that. I mean, Allen Robinson isn't a contract year. He will be a free agent, so it all depends on if he wants to stick with Blake Bortles or go somewhere else. To be perfectly honest, I think he wants to go somewhere else, and you know it would be a great landing spot for him for a team that needs a young wide receiver? San Francisco. That is a team that has the cap space to pay him 8 to $10 million a year. Pairing Allen Robinson up with Jimmy G is, is a sexy, sexy thought. That's... I was saying it a couple weeks ago, but San Fran could be dangerous next year. Yes, you and you spend money you you spend money on a, on a wide receiver. Uh, you grab a young running back that uh, to or or go the other way around. You spend money on a running back and grab a young wide receiver, either or. Yeah. Um, to pair up in that backfield and then just just throw stuff at that offensive line and uh, now ideally the Niners sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a long term contract. Then they sign Allen Robinson, and then they sign Le'Veon Bell. Ideally, <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. How much money does the Niners have? <laughs> a lot. Have you seen their team? Well, I know that they've got a lot of money to use, but I mean that's a lot. That's... Their highest paid wide receiver is Pierre Garcon. Oh. <laughs> they have no tight end that they that they're paying. <laughs> that's true. They, they don't have any strong defenders now. They got rid of Navarro Bowman. 
They've got all young guys or guys. Does that, Hyde have another year on his contract? Nope. Hyde is done. Oh. Hyde is on a contract year. Or he was on a contract hmm. year, I should say. He did a pretty good job on his contract year, too. He to did a good you. job on his contract year, but the offense doesn't want him. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan doesn't want Carlos Hyde. It's I, not, I really it's not his style of runner. No, he doesn't want him. Um, um, all right, so let's go to the next yeah. five here. <laughs> so we've got uh, the next five. We've got Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alshon Jeffrey, and Tyreek Hill. And to be honest with you, I'm fine with all of those guys. I was going to say the same thing. Spot. I'm not. I'm not complaining about any one of those. I might flip McCaffrey and Hill. Okay. But that's just because I don't think that the offense is going to use McCaffrey as a running back. I, I just don't see them doing it. I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that they're going to ease him into that, and they're going and. But I, I I like that where that's at. I might move Jeffrey up a bit, but. Even that, I don't know. I don't know. I might leave them all there. Actually, yeah, that might that's that's pretty solid positioning. I don't have a lot to say on this one. This no, spot. I agree. Uh, the next, oh man, we're getting into some gross territory here. Uh, so the next five oh, are kind of a uh, group of number twos and then one number one guy or two number one guys. Uh, so we have Doug Baldwin at thirty one. We have or did we go over the last five? I don't think we went over them. We didn't really talk about him much. Well, though. yes, I don't even know if we mentioned the names though. I don't think we mentioned the names. I said Kelsey Cook, McCaffrey, oh, Jeffrey, and okay. Hill. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, we 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 just agreed that you know they all belong there. Cook, yeah, he's coming off the injury, but he looked really good. Yep. Uh, I it's it's hard to argue about any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. So going back to lists here, uh, pick thirty-one. We have Doug Baldwin. Thirty-two is Melvin Gordon. Thirty-three is Sammy Watkins. Thirty-four is Adam Thielen, and thirty-five is our third tight end off the board, Zach Ertz. Um, I think Thielen's high. All right. No, I mean, I, I get that. He, you know what he is? He's T.Y. Hilton. Mm. You, you don't want to draft him where he is. He's Wes Welker. I, I wouldn't give him that much praise. Mm. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't give him that much praise. But no, I mean, he's just like, he's a good wide receiver. He's nothing super special. But he's just he's a solid wide receiver. I you know, I had him in Dynasty this last year and he he did great for me. He finished as a top ten wide receiver. Uh Ertz, I don't really have any issues with him being in the middle of the fourth middle of the fourth round. Uh I, I'm not honestly, I'm gonna pass on him, and I would rather have a guy like Evan Ingram. I'd rather have a young young tight end. I'd rather have an Ingram, I'd rather have a I'd probably go for an OJ Howard later on or a yeah. uh, or a David Njoku later on. Well, um, Jordan Howard's going to be the number one tight end in Tampa next year. So that, yes, that definitely, I do. So Jordan Howard's going to be the number one tight end? I said OJ Howard? I heard you say Jordan Howard. And I was nope, like, that I doesn't sound OJ. right. I said OJ. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, Doug Baldwin's a little bit high up here for me at 31. Yeah, but that's but about the only his issue His numbers I have, have proven yeah. that he should be there, but I still, he's one. Of, he's another one of those wide receivers where I just go, eh. I don't know if I want him. Yeah. Melvin I'd Gordon's take other guys with upside more than him. I would definitely. There's some guys in the 40s I would say that I like better than some of these guys in the 30s, including the late 30s here. So in the 40s, honestly, well, we've got we've got the late 30s to show. Oh yeah, well yes, yeah. Um, so the late 30s, uh, we have Carlos Hyde at 36, Boo. Joe Mixon at 37, Boo. Uh, Des Bryant at 38, Boo. Uh, Demarius Thomas at 39. I still don't love him right there either. And Evan Ingram at forty. I might I think move, I might move Ingram above some of those guys. <laughs> Actually, yes, I would probably put Ingram above Des and Demarius. I would, 
and I know you don't like him for reasons, but I would honestly put Joe Mixon up a little bit higher because he is the number one running back in an offense. You know, I don't like him for off-field reasons, yes, but I also don't love anything that he did this year. He never impressed me. No, he had one, I think he had like one or two big plays. He only had one 100-yard rushing game. Yeah. And, they, and he had and the I, reins pretty much since week four. Yeah, on. they gave him the reins to this offense, and yep. he did nothing with it. I mean, that's that's also saying that you know there was a lot of weeks that ba- the Bengals did nothing. But I mean, with when you're in a bad offense that the, and he ran the ball a lot, you yeah. should have some big games, and he just didn't. He, yeah, he really didn't. Um, I just don't believe in him as a as a future you know number one guy. But I get. But at this point in the draft, at at pick thirty seven, you're not looking at a. You might not be looking at a star. You're looking at a. This is my RB two. You know, you're. I wouldn't want him as my RB one to start a dynasty. That's no. what I'll say. There's. Uh, I say that there's a guy later down here that I, I like better as an RB one. Um, but you no know, I've way. always been high on him. I like Jordan Howard better than than oh, Joe Mixon. I'm sorry. I th- I didn't see Howard. I saw Ingram. Oh no. Okay. That, okay. How, Howard, I can give you. Please. Like I would swap Howard and and Mixon. By the way, Jordan Howard's at 47 here, and Joe Mixon's at yep. 37. I would just straight up swap those two. Yeah. Uh. So the next ones, I guess, unless you have anything to say about Des, Demarius, and Hyde. Des is just a giant question mark for me. He's he's. Yep. I I've said before earlier in this the year that he is my forever dud. Um, he is just inconsistent. Uh, Demarius Thomas has the curse of being a good receiver with inconsistent quarterback play. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, Hyde, I, Hyde might be gone. Hyde might, who knows what Hyde's doing next year. And then we've got Evan Ingram, who's a solid tight end. So, uh, the next five, um, at 41, we've got Mark Ingram, 42, Devonte Parker, 43, we've got what I believe is our first quarterback off the board in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 44, we've got someone that might deserve to be high. 44 and 45 might deserve to be higher after the seasons they had with Josh Gordon and Juju. Don't call me Schuster Smith, Smith Schuster. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Devontae Parker is a little high for me here. I would rather have Josh Gordon and Juju over yep. Devontae. Mark Ingram, he's 28, 29 years old. He may or may not be with the Saints next year, depending on what happens in the offseason. I would put him down lower on this list. I, you know. Let's just say I would take Jordan Howard. I would take, I wouldn't take Jay Ajayi. You know, the problem with, with, with. uh, I would take Derrick Henry over Mark Ingram at this point for the upside. But but I I wouldn't move Derrick Henry up. I would just move Mark Ingram down. down. That I I can agree with. Okay. Um. That the yeah the problem is that you're just getting to a point where it might be that you're you're more running back needy than you are wide receiver needy, and that's the only situation that I see that yeah you you take Ingram at a spot at this high. Um. Because even you know he's with the Saints again, but. He's got Kamara back there with him, and who knows what the the split is there. And that's another reason why we talked about Kamara being lower than he was than, than yep. he was at the spot, because who knows if next year it's a 50-50, 60-40, 70-30. Yeah. And who knows what direction that goes and who's the hot hand each week. Um, Josh Gordon, and Lord love him. Hopefully he stays on the field. <laughs> he stays on the field, then he's a steal at 44. Yep. It, I'm, I held on to him for three years. Yeah, you did. And I still have him, and I'm happy I kept him. 
And then Juju Smith-Schuster is just keeps showing and showing that you know he's he's a he's force to be reckoned with. Talented USC wide receiver. Yeah, that is that does not happen ever. I didn't know they existed. Um. So the next five and the final five we're going to talk about. Uh, we've got Lashawn McCoy, forty-six. Jordan Howard, which like I said earlier, should be higher. 47. Yes, he should be Howard. He should, should be should Howard. be Howard. He should be higher. Um. Andrew Luck at 48, Carson Wentz at 49. I'm surprised to see Wentz below Luck. And I, Michael Crabtree at 50. I'm okay with Crabtree 100% because he will not be a Raider next year, and he's not exactly 24, 25, 26 anymore. He is an elder veteran at uh, wide receiver. Uh, I just, I, I like Crabtree. I just, he is an elder veteran. Uh, and because of that, and because it's, it's uncertain where he's going to be, who's going to be throwing the ball. I mean, I'd rather take some of these younger wide receivers below him. Oh, yeah. Um, someone like uh, uh, Marvin Jones, someone like a Mike Williams. Um, like I said, once again, this is not necessarily me saying that those guys should be higher on the list, but more so him being lower. It's Yeah, it's just it, it, at this point, it's a matter of which one do you prefer. Yeah. It, it's, it's not so much as, oh, this guy statistically has done this much better than this guy here. It's one, how does your team makeup look? Because I think at this point, at least for me personally, with my drafting strategies when I do startups, I want to get my starting roster spots filled first. Okay. And when I say that, I mean I want to get running backs and wide receivers and tight end filled. Unless I'm unless the tight ends that I wanted are already gone. But I want running backs and wide receivers filled first. Then I'm going to worry about backups and then quarterback and tight end. Okay. But if I can get a guy like Andrew Luck in the fifth round after securing two running backs and two wide receivers count me in yeah there's exceptions to every rule um i would say carson once i'm higher on once now than luck okay. and it has a lot to do with the uh, with I, I mean who knows who's who's coaching luck from here on forward and it might <laughs> God, get better be an offensive player and hopefully it's somebody oh, that knows minded coach hopefully it's someone that knows that offensive linemen are needed because the Indy hasn't drafted an offensive lineman in, in like seven years in, in the first couple rounds. They just drafted Ryan Kelly in the first round like two years ago. Who cares? He can't do anything. Indy's terrible. Okay. Indy can't. Indy. Okay. They haven't drafted a good offensive lineman in the first couple rounds in forever. I, I, I still think. I, I don't think it's. I think it's too early to call Kelly a bust, but that's that's, that's true. a different conversation. Um, I'm just saying they need to learn yeah. how to block. For yeah, them. for sure. That I agree. Because they are, whether they're drafting or signing, it doesn't matter. They're not blocking. That's for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. And it's just hard for me to, to believe in luck this high when he's getting sacked and hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not, the, I mean, the injury that kept him out this year wasn't his first injury that's kept him out for, you know, little bits of time. Yeah. Be, well, because he's getting, he's getting his ass kicked yeah. every week. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, with that said, Carson Wentz isn't. I mean, yeah, he had the the bad break. The, yeah. Uh, but bad tear. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I still I, I like him for next year. I like yeah. him going forward. I like I, I, I he yep. is a dynasty quarterback. Um, McCoy's right where he should be. He's he's too old to take earlier, but he's too dynamic to take later. Lashawn. Yeah. No, I know. I'm thinking because I. If I was trying to push for the championship in year one, like if I was a guy who was drafting older players to go for the title in year take one. Take Marshawn Lynch in, in round one? <laughs> I don't know if i go that far. <laughs> uh, I'll probably Jeremy Hill in round two. Uh, <laughs> but no, if I, was, if I was building a team to win year one of a dynasty startup, 
I would be considering LaShawn McCoy there. Mm-hmm. I might even consider him around earlier. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm somebody who's trying to build for the future, build, build for the for future, for... I'm not going to take LaShawn McCoy. I'm just I'm not. That makes sense. You know, I gave crap to two people right here about the what how they drafted in our dynasty league. I took Andrew Luck in the first round. That, that is was, true. That was that was a bad bad play on my part. Uh, well, no, because you've won three years in a row. Yeah, but uh, none of those three years have I won because of Andrew Luck. That is a valid point. <laughs> um, all right, so that we hit the top fifty. I think that's a solid place for us to stop. Oh yeah. Um, a couple names just to throw out there that I think that might that deserve to be in the top fifty. Um, I would say that I would debate on someone like Corey Coleman. Although now with Josh Gordon being so high, it's kind of hard to 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 sit him up there. That's funny because I was going to drop Coleman. Oh, you're going to drop him now? I was going to. Is dr- it because of Gordon? It's not because of Gordon. It's because of just that whole Cleveland situation. <laughs> um, I would debate Hunter Henry. I was going to say Hunter Henry should definitely be put up in that top fifty. He is in a perfect situation, and Antonio Gates will. It's about a ninety-five percent chance he won't be with the Chargers next year, and Hunter Henry is poised to be a monster. The the one player that I I think is a fun discussion would be Deshaun Watson, and it's do you move him up? Uh, do you move him up into the top fifty as one of the dynasty nerds did? No. Um, or Not are yet. you too worried about the injury? It's not that I'm worried about the injury. It's the fact that I'm taking a guy who played seven and a half games and I'm putting him as the quarterback of my team. Yeah. That's that's where my concern comes. And do I think Deshaun Watson is going to be a good quarterback? Yes. I, I'm not willing to spend I don't take him behind Jameis Winston. I'd, I'd rather spend the capital on Deshaun Watson than Jameis Winston. I agree with that. Um, all right. Well, that's a that's think, a good. I think it, what we found out is that our rankings are vastly different. Yeah, a little than bit. The dynasty nerds. Yep. Because they have a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with. Oh yeah, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Which we did mention before that during the summer here coming up, we will put out rankings onto our Twitter page. Yep. So we'll maybe update it once every couple weeks, once a month, but we will have positional rankings out there. Yep. We'll do. We'll do. Uh positional we'll do uh consensus rankings we'll yep. you know you might see a little bit later on uh individual rankings yeah um but uh yeah there's there's a lot to talk about it's gonna be a fun off season uh i'll be you know celebrating both having the championship belt and watching my patriots win another super bowl so i mean it's bound to be get better and better what are you gonna do if they lose to tennessee uh cry myself to sleep um if they lose to tennessee I, God, they could lose to anyone but Tennessee, and I'd be fine. <laughs> like, seriously, Pittsburgh or Jacksonville or whoever wins the NFC, I'd be like, all right, I get it. Tennessee, I'm just like, no. Fire everyone. You can you can go to the Giants. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm just kidding. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm joking. I, I kid, I kid. Um, I just can't, I can't imagine it. All right, let's, let's head over to, uh, let's head over to the corner. Let's go to... Can you tell me how to get how to get to Zach's corner? How to get to Zach's corner? What you buying? Oh, if you're asking, you can't afford it. Ow, ow, Zach's corner. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, first, so this it's some playoff fun facts this time. So the Atlanta Falcons won a road playoff game for the first time 
in 5,481 days. The last time they won a road victory was in the 2002 wild card round when Michael Vick beat the Packers. Wow. Yep. <laughs> the Titans won a playoff a game for the first time. Not even just a road playoff game, but a playoff game for the first time in 5,117 days. Came on January 3rd of 2004. Oh, okay. When Jeff Fisher's Titans beat Brian Billick's Ravens. Oh, yikes. That tells you how long ago that was. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Speaking of long times ago, Marcus Mariota is the first player to catch a touchdown pass from himself since Brad Johnson in 1997. Brad Johnson threw one to himself. I forgot about that. Yep. First time it's done in 20 years. And it was... It was a good one, too, because that dive that he made right after he grabbed it, I was just like, oh, man, I, I loved yeah. it. That was, the, that was the most exciting thing that happened this entire weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, Blake Bortles is the second starting quarterback in the last 25 seasons to win a playoff game with more rushing yards than passing yards. That was crazy when he I had saw that. 88 rushing yards and 87 passing yards. Do you know who the other one was? Is it Michael Vick? Yep. Back in 2004, against the Rams, he had 119 rushing yards and 82 passing yards. Yep. Not surprised. Yeah, no. Um, So this is kind of an interesting thing with the Steelers and the Jaguars matchup we talked about earlier. Only one team has beaten the Steelers in in Pittsburgh twice within the same season, including the playoffs. Is it New England? No. Oh. The other team was the 2007 Jaguars. Oh, really? Yes. So the Jaguars are the only team to beat Pittsburgh at home twice in a year. Oh, Garrard was good. Yes. David Garrard beat them back in 2007. Hmm. So that it's, I mean, it's a completely different team. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's still fun. It's just a fun, fun little, that's why we call it fun facts. That's why we call it Zach's fun fact (laughs) corner. Uh, And then the last couple here, last two. The Saints are the first team to beat an opponent three times in the same season since the 2009 Cowboys beat the Eagles. And then the last thing here, and this is just kind of crazy. With that three times in a season, it is not... uh, I saw a stat saying that uh, it is... It's extremely uncommon. It's uncommon, but it's also... It's very hard for that team that's been beat twice to win that third game. I think they said that it's only happened twice out of the, the, like, 16 times it's happened. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not easy. Winning, (coughs) you should attest to this, Winning three things in a row is not easy. Oh no, I I, I just slid right in. That's just yeah. No, you're you're full of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So, Carolina and New Orleans was the first playoff game to feature multiple 100 yard receivers since 2009 in the AFC Championship game. So on Sunday when they or set Sunday, Sunday that was a Sunday game. Sunday when they played on Sunday. Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Ted Ginn Jr. all had over 100 yards receiving. Back in 2009. You mean two teams with more than one? So as in like... Two teams with more than one apiece. Okay, okay. When you said multiple hundred yards, I was like, two teams haven't gone up against each other and had 200-yard receivers in the, in, out of the game? But I, I see what you're it, saying it, now. First playoff both game. Both teams had multiple 100-yard yeah, receivers. both teams, yes. I get it now. I was hearing it wrong. Okay. okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start over just so that way we can get that clear again. So Carolina and New Orleans is the first playoff game to feature multiple 100-yard receivers 
for each team since the 2009 AFC Championship game. I missed the for each team part of it. Ah, there we go. Gotcha. <laughs> so to go over again who it was on Sunday, we had Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, and Ted Ginn. Are you ready for these 09 games? Yeah. These 09 names. First one, Pierre Garçon. Wait, wait. Who are the two teams? It was the Jets and the Colts. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess here. So we got Pierre Garcon. Yep. I'm gonna it, with the uh, Colts. The other one would be Marvin Harrison. Nope. Ooh. Uh, oh, Reggie Wayne. <clears throat> nope. Oh. Uh. Give Give me the other Colt. Austin Collie. Austin Collie. Wow. <laughs> and then in this 2007 2009 Jets for the Jets. Okay, so this is uh Mark Sanchez Jets. Yep. Uh. Oh man. Um. Jermaine. No. Uh. Um. Moss. Oh, Santana Moss? Santana Moss? No. Or Coles. Lavernius Coles? Nope. Uh, give them to me. Jericho Cotri? Cotri. And Braylon Edwards. Oh, I almost said that too! Oh! I thought it... That's it, gonna be really it loud on the mic. It was in my mime's head, mine. My, oh, I was thinking it. I was thinking Braylon. I'm so mad at myself right now for not saying it. But that's, that's it. That's all we got for the fun facts. That was sexy. I liked them. All right, so uh, we finished our Gatorade. We've uh, taken our uh, our Advils, and I think that's the end of your fantasy hangover. All right, everybody. Hopefully, your teams that you're rooting for in the playoffs win. And uh, yeah. good luck, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.